The Productive Woman, Episode 181. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thanks so much for joining me. In this episode, I'm excited to share with you my conversation with best-selling and award-winning author, wife, and mom, Susan May Warren. You'll find more information about Susie, along with links to resources she recommends and the various ways you can connect with her online, all in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 181. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks and RxBar. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, FreshBooks, and the 30-day unrestricted free trial they're offering to Productive Woman listeners. To claim it, you just go to freshbooks.com slash woman and enter the Productive Woman in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And I'll share a little bit more about them later on. Right now, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, RX Bar. They are offering you 25% off your first order if you visit rxbar.com slash productive. Now, RX Bars are protein bars made with 100% whole ingredients. I, I love these bars. It's unlike anything I've ever used as a snack before. The actual ingredients are listed in big print right on the wrapper and is very specific, like, you know, three egg whites, two dates, and six six almonds or something like that. There's no added sugar, no artificial colors or artificial flavors, no preservatives or fillers, and they're gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free. So they're a really great option for people who uh, care about those sorts of things. And it turns out that real food ingredients actually taste really good. You can actually taste the cacao, the the real fruit, the spices that are in these bars, like sea salt and different things. They come in 11 delicious flavor varieties. So whether you prefer sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's an RX bar for you. Uh, I'm a chocolate lover, so I honestly thought I would favor the chocolate varieties. Those are what I tried first and I did like them. I really like the peanut butter chocolate and there's a chocolate sea salt bar that's excellent. But honestly, I think I've, I've mentioned before, so far my favorite actually is the blueberry bar, which is a really chewy bar with a, a, a very fresh, tasty blueberry flavor and big chunks of almonds and cashews in it. Um, really, really yummy. And they are perfect for a lot of different occasions. Throw them in your gym bar for a post-workout snack or put it in your carry-on for a flight so you've got a, a snack available if that flight gets delayed. Uh, keep them in your purse if you need something to, to eat while you're out running errands. Any number of ways you can use them and have them handy. They're, they come individually wrapped in these little packages and, and don't take up a lot of space, but give a lot of nutrition and a lot of taste for what, you, what they offer. And to get 25% off your first order of RX bars, remember to visit rxbar.com slash productive and enter productive in the promo code box at checkout. I think you're going to love them. Let me know what you think, which one you like best. Um, post a little note in the, the Productive Woman Facebook uh, page and let me know which ones you like. And now let's get right into my conversation with Susan May Warren. 
It is my pleasure and privilege to introduce to the Productive Woman listeners, Susan May Warren. Susie is an award-winning author, a sought-after teacher, and the founder of Novel Academy, a school for aspiring novelists. She's also a wife, a mom, and a football fan living in Minnesota. She's just a, a busy woman like the rest of us, and I have really been looking forward to talking with Susie about how she manages her busy life. So welcome, Susie. Thanks, Laura. Awesome to be here. Well, it's uh, I've been looking forward to having this conversation in 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 uh, the interest of full disclosure. We actually knew each other before this call. Unlike <laughs> some of my guests who I meet for the first time on Skype, um, we've we've met in person before. And uh, you're not only one of my favorite authors, but you're uh, one of the most generous teachers of writing that I've ever met. So, oh wow. Well, thank you for that. Well, we have some had some really good times together, brainstorming stories and taking your stories deeper. And I've always enjoyed our times together. So it's it's really a delight to be here and be on your show. But yes, we have had a long, fun relationship. So it's been this has been great. Yeah, absolutely. So so I I shared a little bit about who you are and what you've done. Um, but before we get into s- sort of the nitty gritty of how you manage the busy life that you have, maybe you could tell us just a little more about who you are, what you do. Sure. So I'm actually two people in one body. <laughs> one of those people is um, Susan May Warren, the novelist. And I love to write. It's it's my first love. And it's been something I've been doing um, since I've been about 14 years old, actually, is when I first wrote my first novel. Um, I didn't get published formally until I was in my 30s. But um, so I kind of took a long road there. I was a missionary for 10 years in Russia and kind of honed my storytelling skills through our newsletters, um, where I sort of engaged our supporters um, into the ministry that we were doing. And then I got the bug. Actually, it just never left me um, to be a novelist. And I started writing stories actually when I was living in Siberia. And so there wasn't a lot to do in Siberia. My husband was planning churches and I had four little kids at home. And so when he was gone in the evenings, I would do a lot of writing. And uh, so I wrote my first book, um, you know, when I was, I think I was like 28 when I wrote it. And it took me about a year to write it. And I, and like I said, I caught the bug and I thought, oh, I can write a novel. So then I continued to, to write novels and, and my fourth novel sold. And I just counted it up today and I have 60 novels out now. So it's been really fun to kind of see that process. And it's, I've been at it for about 12 years now or maybe a little bit longer. So it's been fun to, to explore that side of my personality and my life and my gifts. And then the other side is um, my, I'm a writing teacher. So a couple years into the journey, um, I was a uh, instructing people sort of on the side, they would come to me and for coaching. And I was teaching at conferences, not because I was aspiring to do that so much, but rather they asked me to do some teaching because I was on a couple of boards and I was a free teacher at that time. So <laughs> that was a good poll. So anyway, I started teaching and I realized I really loved teaching people how to write. And I started to see the people I was working with get published and then reach commercial success and really enjoy what they were doing. And so then I thought, well, I'll create some books and products and and see if I can help people that way. And it just kind of blossomed into a school. And so now we have this school that um, has really grown and we have a class every Thursday night that's live called a pep talk. And we have lots of materials and resources and, and it's become my second love. I love to help other authors find their voice and get published and establish a career. It's been really 
really, really fun to do that. So, so I, so like I said, I have two lives and um, both of they sometimes they overlap, sometimes they, they conflict, <laughs> sometimes they fight each other. So, um, but I enjoy both of them very much. Well, and then you have the the third Susie, who is a wife oh. and a mom. And- <laughs> oh, right. That Susie. <laughs> that, that Susie emerges on the weekends and sometimes in the evenings. And yes, definitely during football season, that Susie is, is very much a, alive and well. So yes, there's the adventure Susie. And um, so on my private life, I, I love to do adventurous things. I'm a scuba diver and I've done, I love to hike and canoe and downhill ski and, you know, all those kind of things. So I'm kind of an adventurer in, in my off, in my, when I'm not working. <laughs> so, so it's very fun. So I'm happily married. I'm going on 30 years and with my husband and um, we have four amazing adult children and I have one grandchild. So it's very full, exciting life in when I'm not writing and teaching. Yeah. So you've got, you know, one or two things on your plate at any given time. (laughs) And so as we uh, get into the conversation about how you manage all of that um, to make that fulfilling and happy life, uh, I think it's a little, it's, it's helpful to have a little bit of context for the kinds of things that you do to, to manage all that. And so uh, as some backdrop for that, as some context, to the extent there is such a thing as a typical day for you, what would, what might that look like? Well, a couple – every day is um, a little different um, depending on what I have scheduled, but I should say I have a typical week every week. Um, every So – and I can get into that a little bit later, how I manage my weeks in terms of my time management. But I have some things I do every single day. And every single day I get up early um, – I have uh, usually have a protein shake in the morning while I eat my drink my coffee. Actually, I have what's called bullet coffee, and then I spend about an hour doing what I call Miracle Morning. And Miracle Morning is actually from a book um, that uh, it's called Miracle Morning. If you're interested, but it it helps you line up certain activities in the morning. So one of my activities is Bible reading. Another activity is um, verse. Um, not necessarily verse mapping, but I write my verses down. Um, I do an affirmation in the morning. I usually read some sort of um, business book of some sort. Um, I usually read a devotional book. Um, I plot out the rest of my day. Um, and then when that's done, I go for a walk, usually about 30 minutes, um, usually with my husband, but about a mile and a half to two miles, nothing really big. Um, but then, and then I come home, jump in the shower and I'm ready to go. So that whole thing takes about an hour and a half to go through miracle morning and do my walk and then come out, you know, get dressed and everything. So, so by the time I hit, I usually am, um, at my office desk at nine o'clock in the morning. So I'll get up at six 30. I'm there by nine. So, or, or, or maybe sometimes eight, depending on, I got a breakfast in there too. So, and then of course I make a couple early morning phone calls and that sort of thing. So by nine o'clock I'm at my desk and then I'm usually answering my email for about an hour or so. And then I, uh, that's usually my first block of stuff is, is email and administrative tasks. And then I have, I block out the rest of my day and it depends on what my day blocks are for that. And then I usually finish around six o'clock, make dinner and hang out with my husband for the rest of the night. So that's, that's kind of my typical day. So a miracle morning really helps me kind of set everything up correctly for the day in, in, I should say that after I come home from my walk, I usually, um, I take a shower, obviously get ready for the day. And then I do a number of other things. I put my laundry in, I tidy the house, you know, make my breakfast, have my coffee, watch a little fixer upper, you know, this sort of thing. And then I, and then I move on to my, my morning. So that's, that's, I guess the full extent of the morning for me. So that's kind of what my day looks like. 
Okay. And, and a lot of the, uh, one of the reasons I thought to ask you to be on the show is not just because I like your books, but because <laughs> I actually uh, watched a webinar that you did for your writing community, for the school, where you mm-hmm. talked about how you plan your weeks and how, how you sort of manage the time. And so we'll get into that in a minute. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a really, uh, you know, a really well thought out approach to doing things that, mm-hmm. that's Thank could you. be helpful to a a lot of people. Um, but as we as we get into that or leading up into that, um, I think every every person's life is a little different, presents different challenges as far as staying productive, getting the things done that really matter to her. What would you say are your biggest challenges when it comes to being productive, managing your life? Well, um, obviously I, well, I, I get, I can get derailed. Um, one of my things is I'm, I'm a highly relational person, even though I'm a writer and I sit at home a lot and I don't work, go to the workforce. I, I love talking to people. And so that means I do things like I'll get on a phone call with my writing partner. And if I'm not managing my time with her, I can chat all day long <laughs> and we have a great time. Um, but I, you know, learning how to make that time productive for both of us. So we don't spend all that time on the phone. Um, Facebook can sometimes be a challenge for me because it's, again, relational in many ways. I'm commenting on people's posts and having little conversations, and, and I can get sucked into that. Um, so so trying to limit those times. I'm not a Pinterest person. I don't go on rabbit trails through that sort of thing. I, I, I'm more – it's when I get – off track. It's usually when it's about a relationship and I'm, I'm trying to meet someone's needs. Maybe someone will send me a manuscript and instead of limiting my time and saying, oh, I can only read a couple pages, I kind of get sucked in and then I want to help them. And then two hours later, I've eaten away a chunk of my time. So, so guarding my time from, you know, uh, giving, giving it away too much. I love to give away my time, but you know, in terms of helping others, but giving it away too much. And then I think the other thing is just uh, spending too much time in relational things that are very important, but also I need to get my work done too. So stop chatting at the water cooler and go to work. Right. So that, that's kind of some of my challenges. Yeah. I think that's, that's interesting. That's uh, probably a challenge for a lot of us that how do you find that, uh, balance. And I, I always hesitate to use the word balance because it sort of seems to assume that there's like 50-50 and it's perfect somewhere, that there's a perfect right. measurement there. And I don't know that it is, but for lack of a better term, that balance between um, relationships, between building relationships, serving other people, helping other people, and also getting your work done when part, you know, part of your work is helping other people. That's part of what your, right. the school is. But part of right. your work requires you to go into a room by yourself and the people, you know, just you and those people you've <laughs> you've thought up in your head. Right. So how the do you, relationships? Yeah. So how do you how do you find that balance? I mean, well, I had someone um, say to me something um, years ago that was really pivotal in my life, and she said, and I was talking about balance, and and I had always uh, up until that point, I'd had a checklist of five things I needed to do every day to feel accomplished, and sometimes, and whenever they didn't get done, I'd be like, wow. I didn't get it done. I'm a failure. And my friend said to me, she was a life coach and she says, okay, Susie, she says, let's just talk about balance for a second. She says, when you stand up on one foot and she's made me do it, she said, stand on one foot 
are you perfectly still or tell me about that? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm kind of always adjusting to stay upright, you know? And she's like, that's exactly right. Balance isn't doing each one of those things the same every day. Balance is adjusting your life in a bigger vision so that you can stay upright. She says, some days you're going to be leaning over to one side, you know, let's say it's a relational day, you know, you've got to, you know, and I, I, I actually will call it relational days where I'm on the phone with my dad and my daughter and, you know, uh, my writing partner and, you know, different people in my life that I need to connect with, I might spend more time on those one day. And then another day, I might not answer any email at all. I might be diving into my work, you know, and instead of looking at it as a daily balance, I kind of look at it as a, you know, a weekly balance, maybe because it's a little bit easier to gauge um, than, you know, than something that's so finite as in a day, because you only have so many hours. And so I kind of look at it and say, okay, there are, will be times in my life when I'm editing or on a deadline where I am investing a little bit more time in my writing and maybe my church life is going to you know ease back maybe I'm not going to clean my house as much maybe supper's not happening on the table you know maybe I'm not you know diving deep into those phone calls and relationships like I could be but then the next week Maybe I'm pulling back from writing and I'm, I'm going out to lunch with a couple of friends and I'm, you know, connecting with my kids, you know, maybe I'm taking a road trip to go see somebody, you know, whatever. And so it's, 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 and maybe the house is clean, (laughs) you know? So it's about that finding that balance in terms of, you know, keeping things going, but maybe not being so rigid about a checklist every day, but rather saying, what needs to, what do I need to lean over into right now? Knowing that once I get that done, I can leave it into a different area later, you know, and if I kind of look at it in a week, and that's kind of why I plot my, my life by weeks and and week chunks, which we can talk about in a little bit, that's, but that kind of helps me keep a weekly balance of, you know, have I invested in the right areas over the course of a week? Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And I think that's a, a really valuable thing to to hear that, you know, it's not a matter of doing uh, exactly the right amount of everything every day because, A, who knows what exactly the right amount is, and B, it, it just, life isn't like that. Whether right. you're, whether you're a, a writer or, or something else, you know, at some times of our life, if we've got a new baby, that baby's taking up all our time, energy, and attention, and other things right. are going to wait. Um, yes. Or, or, you know, any number of things like that. If you've got a big project at work uh, that's taking all of your time and your energy and attention, then maybe home, you know, the people who love you know that and they will give you mm-hmm. some grace and wait for their turn, so to speak. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of how th- life works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to make sure you do give those people their turn, right? Yes. So um, a good example was um, a, about three years ago, my mom was um, dying of cancer and it was a hard year. But what happened was that I was able to, because of that mindset, I was able to sort of move some stuff off my plate and I was able to go and administer to her and attend to her um, during that very, very valuable year where I could spend time with her and really soak into our relationship. And, you know, and then when, so I would, you know, I, I took care of her and I would, you know, bring her to her chemo appointments and I would, you know, sit with her when she was at home. But when she was sleeping, 
that I'm like, Ooh, I'm writing. Right. So I would, I would just kind of redeem that time and I would write like crazy. And then when she needed me again, I was there for her. And I just let myself, I loosened my, my deadlines up that time and I was still being productive, but I had, I had different expectations on myself. A couple of things is, is that I just told my friends right now, guys, I'm dedicated to my mom. And so you're not going to hear from me as much, you know, and I would check in and on a, you know, sort of a lesser basis with them, but people knew that. So it's like, so I was able to then to freely say, you know what, I'm not letting my career go, but I'm loosening up a little bit. And I'm saying this is a very, very valuable time and I'm going to invest in this time and everything else is going to have to. I'm leaning into that and everything else is just going to have to, you know, kind of wait, you know. And so and then when she passed, there was this wonderful time of, you know, no regrets because we'd had this great time together. And now I was able to lean into some of the other relationships, which they were there for me, you know, to, to kind of help me through that. So, you know, and then, of course, go back to writing a lot. So everything has a season and you have to give yourself grace. And, uh, but then when that season passes, you move into those areas and you, you respect the people that have like stepped aside for you to be doing one project and then you can invest in them and, or, or whatever it is that you're going to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of it comes from knowing what's important to you and, Mm -hmm. and, and then just managing things accordingly. So, um, well, let's talk a little bit about how, you know, the, the nitty gritty of how you manage all of this, because you're, you're what I would consider a very prolific author. You, you've written, you said around 60 books and, um, I've, you know, heard you talk about how you structure that and, and how you get those books written and still do the other things that need to be done. So you've mentioned a couple of times that you have a system for how you plot out your weeks. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, there's two keys I think a person needs to know in order to manage their time well. The first is knowing how much time they actually have available to them for different things. And what I mean is, you know, you you need to have so much time every day for food preparation and exercise and ta- daily tasks and this sort of thing. And then you have other spaces in your life. You know, you've got um, other things that take up your time. You've got maybe church or you've got a, a standing um, event that you need to go to with your kids or whatever. And so what I do is I, I I would, and I did this every quarter, I would look at my weeks and I would say, I would part out my time. And, and, um, so I would look at my time and I would say, how many, how much of that time can I use for writing? How much of that time is for business? And what I do is I create what I call time blocks, right? So I have, um, time blocks every day. I have, uh, five time blocks. So I've got the morning time block and then I've got, so, so obviously I have miracle morning time block. That's my thing. And then I've got a, from nine to about nine to 11, somewhere in there is another time block from 11 to one is another time block. And then I usually have a little bit of lunch and then I might do one to three and three to five, or I might do two to two to four and four to six kind of depends on what the family schedule is. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I have these four, these five time blocks and miracle morning is always first, but then I've got these other blocks and I designate those blocks for different things. So for example, Mondays, I have a long time block in the morning that's all marketing and emails, and so I can get everything done. Okay, that's great. 
But then I have, and maybe that maybe takes two blocks, right? So I might have, a, so I do marketing for my book therapy or Na- Novel Academy, and then I might do marketing for Susan May Warren Fiction. And then in the afternoon, I might have, I have two more time blocks, right? Well, that could be writing time, mm-hmm. or maybe it's a time where I put in my, you know, errands, or maybe I have something else. Maybe I'm writing a Bible study. Whatever it is, I schedule it in to those time blocks. And so instead of, and I've heard a lot of people say that they plan their life according to, um, you know, 15 minute integrals or something, or that's what, you know, really productive people do. And I think I would be enslaved by that. I Mm -hmm. cannot possibly think if I know that in 15 minutes, I've got to do something else. I'd have to look at my calendar. Instead, I say, oh, I've got two hours from one to three. And in this one to three time block, I am writing a chapter. Okay, great. And I, so I turn off my internet. I turn off my phone and that's all I'm doing in that two hours. Then I come up for air and I go, what's in my next time block? Oh, I get to write another chapter or I'm going to do marketing or today is a, you know, a day where I'm going to go, um, you know, I'm going to call my father, you know, whatever it might be. Right. So I have these different time blocks and I assign in those time blocks one activity, one big thing that I'm going to do. Now, of course, if you're answering email, that's like, you know, 17 things, it's tiny little emails, but it's still the email block, right? And so you're getting that done. Now, here's the other piece is that you have to know how long things are going to take you. So for example, I know that I can write one scene of about 2000 words in one time block, right? And so for me, I can figure out, okay, if, and I always write a 20 chapter book, well, pretty much always. Sometimes it's 15 chapters, sometimes it's 21 chapters, but basically a 20 chapter book. And I know that I'm probably going to put, and I plot it out according to word count. And usually I put either two or three scenes in a chapter. So I, so if I do the math, I have a 20 chapter book and I've got three scenes per chapter. I know I need 60 scenes, right? And so then it means I need 60 time blocks, right? So in the course of a week, if I look and I say, okay, this week I've got five creative time blocks, I know I can write five scenes, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's easy for me to plot out how long it's going to take me to write a book because I simply write down, I just schedule the scenes in the time blocks wherever they need to fall. And there's, and most weeks I have the same template. I call it my writing template or my, I'm sorry, my scheduling template. Mm -hmm. And so what I do is I just create a template per quarter and I can kind of put in, but there are weeks where I'm like, okay, this week, I I know I have to use this creative writing block to go, you know, take the dog to the vet. Okay, I will do it. You know, I kind of schedule it in. One of my other tricks is that I use Friday as an overflow day. So um, Friday has all open time blocks. And so during the course of the week, if I have a time block that gets eaten up by somebody else, you know, by somebody else's emergency, I call it, you know, where they call me and they have to talk right now or they, you know, something has to be due right now. I'll have a publicist write to me. You have to do this interview right now. I schedule that in, but then I move that that block, that activity to my free day Mm. and I fill it in there. So that's kind of way I kind of deal with some of the overflow, but having a time block and having, and knowing how long it takes me to complete a certain project works together because then I can plot out how long it will take me. And then I don't panic. I just show up for my time block, do what I'm supposed to do, get that piece done. And then I just, and, and then I'm done and I don't have any stress. Well, so. yeah. And I mean, obviously it's been very successful for you in how you get your books written. Uh, and I can see how it could be useful for people who don't write books, who, you know, have other things to do. The principles still apply. Have your day kind of broken into those time blocks and know how long it takes you to do 
whatever the thing is that you're you're doing. Um, right. Now you've you've been writing for you know a dozen years. You've written sixty right. books, so by now you've got a system in place. What would you say to somebody who's just getting started, who doesn't know how long it takes them to write a scene? And if they're just getting, yeah, that's a great question. If you're just getting started, um, I would still schedule in time blocks. This is what I did when I first got started. I would schedule in time blocks. It started with Saturday mornings from nine to 12. That was my time block. And I, my husband or eight to 12 and basically every Saturday morning. And I was able to write during that time block. And that's when my husband, um, said, I'll take the kids, you know, we won't go into the logistics and the, the, the rationality of him babysitting his own children, but whatever <laughs> he, um, he babysat his children for those that time. And I got to write. And so I, I, what I did is I wrote down at the end of each writing session, how many words I wrote and what I accomplished. Mm. And then I would work on the next scene, you know, and, and during the, the week in terms of my, you know, I'd figure stuff out and I'd be talking to myself and kind of figuring out what I was going to write so that the next Saturday I could show up and I could be as productive as I could be writing the scene. And then again, I'd write a journal and I'd say, this is what I accomplished. This is how many words I wrote. So after a while, I started to get a template, let's say four or five months uh, of how many words I could write in a given time. So that really helped me figure out um, what I could devote in terms of um, time to a project, um, or rather how long it would take me to complete that project. So I would encourage you to show up, give yourself one time block, at least a week to work on your writing or whatever project it is that you want to do, something that is um, on your heart, something that you're reaching towards or whatever it is, and, and, and show up and do as much as you can in that allotted time. Then sit down afterwards and give yourself a little mini evaluation and say, what do I accomplish? What were my challenges? How can I do it better? How can I be more effective? And then and then rinse and repeat until you kind of get a rhythm for what it, how effective you can be and productive you can be during that time. And I think that will help you. I mean, and frankly, it will work in a lot of different ways. I honed my miracle morning until I really got it down into this time block. And so I'm, and I'm just, you know, it's, I do one routine after another, but I get a lot done in that miracle morning. So, and it was like looking at, okay, what is, what is, you know, holding me up from being productive? What's holding me up for going out for a walk? What's holding me up for this? You know? And so I, I like would, wa I would, I would evaluate it and, you know, and so it, it takes evaluation and it takes some realistic thinking. It takes some focus, but, you know, just show up to do the work, evaluate, and then kind of make a plan after that. I think that's very helpful. That's exactly um, what I was thinking that that those principles can apply, whether you're talking about, you know, a personal project that somebody wants to work on or, things that you're doing at work, spending that time to kind of track how long it takes you to do things then can help you with that scheduling piece of it. So I love that. Mm -hmm. You know what I like about it too, is that it frees you up to do projects that, um, that you might not normally do. So in terms of like long-term projects, we all have long-term things that we're working on and we're like, I'll get to that someday. Yeah. But what happens when we say that is that we never actually get to it because we don't budget time for it. And so it's the same process when you're budgeting money, right? It's like if you really want to buy something that's you know not in your budget, you have to create a budget item for it now 
and you have to save your money for it, right? And so that you can then later buy it. So it's the same thing with big projects and big dreams and whatever it, you know, whether it's a project you're doing at work or something at home, you need to budget for it. And then when you show up to do it, you say, oh, this is my time to do this. There's no guilt. There's not, you're, put, you're not putting out any fires that are infringing on that. You're saying, this is my time. And when I first started writing, you know, when you're first writing or doing any sort of I don't know, entrepreneurial creative thing, or even just something that is you're not getting paid for. It can often feel like, why am I investing this time? And especially if you're a mom, you've got your kids like knocking at the door, mom, I need this. I need that. You know? And I would, I, I actually put a sign on my door that said, cry me a river. And, (laughs) and, and basically, you know, they were allowed to come in at any time, but they weren't allowed to speak until I looked up and I said, what did you, what do you want? Unless of course there was fire and blood or blood, you know, then I dealt with it right away. But, but they had to learn to respect my time. Even my four-year-old had to learn how to do that. And then, you know, I would let them sit with me or whatever and and that sort of thing. But the point was I wanted them to respect my time because I had allotted that time for my dream, so to speak. And, but I, and I didn't have to feel guilty about it because I had already given my time away to all my people and, and this was my particular time. And so I do think that time budgets and creating those time blocks allows us the freedom to pursue something that we might otherwise feel guilty about. But we've already done all of our other work and we're going to just put our little time block in there and that's going to be our time to get stuff done. You know, and I I love what you just were saying about not feeling guilty about it. I think, and the example that you gave of that even your four-year-old could learn to respect your time. And it's not like you were neglecting your child. It's okay as a mom to have something you want to do that's just for you, that's not for everybody else. I think a lot of us as women feel like our every waking moment and half of our sleeping moments should be devoted to the people that we care about because we do care so much. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I've had lots of conversations with women who feel like, well, I really love to do such and such, but there's, you know, there's simply no time because my, my kids need me, my husband needs me, you know, my church needs me. And, and so they never quite start. Right. And, and the world does need you. It Mm -hmm. always needs you, but you need you too. Mm -hmm. And I always like to say that if I am, if I'm given a chance to spend two hours a day writing or two hours a week writing or whatever, I'm a better person and you'll like me more. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to support me in my dream because when I come out of that, having fed that, that, thing in my soul that is speaking to me to do, I'm a much more contented person as opposed to feeling like I'm sapped out of time and no one, you know, really cares about my dreams and, you know, this sort of thing. And the world will sap you. If you're, if you're available to it, it will take from you, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm not trying to say that we should be selfish, but rather your unique purpose and your unique desires and dreams are put in you for a reason. Mm -hmm. And you need to nurture those and so that you can give to the world what you were supposed to give. And yes, being a wife and mom is can be one of them. Um, it could also be that you're, you know, and, and it could be wherever you're put into work. It could be anywhere. Um, but you have unique gifts and talents. And if you don't nurture them, then the world misses out on those. And you were put here to be productive in that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's part of, you know, it's uh, what we talk about on this show. Productivity is about more than just checking things off a to-do list. It's more, it's, it's not just what you do. It's beyond that. It's about making a life that matters as Mm -hmm. you define it and nobody can define Mm -hmm. that for you. And part of Mm -hmm. 
of feeling that you've made a life that matters is probably going to involve whatever that thing is in your heart that's calling yeah. to you that that even when you're you know changing the diapers or, or washing the dishes or writing the legal brief or whatever mm-hmm. it just keeps mm-hmm. calling to you there's a reason that that's there and you owe it to yourself i think and to the mm-hmm. world to to explore that and to do something about it and not, I couldn't agree more. And not to feel guilty about it. <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. We need to follow our joy. We're better people when we when we do things that when we respond to the nudges in our hearts. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So on a on a real practical level, um, are there tools that you like or resources that have helped you in develop? I mean, you talk about your your kind of your weekly template that you've created for yourself. Uh, are there other tools that you use to manage the varying demands on your time that um, that you can share? Well, I I am a really simple person. I like pen and paper. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't use a lot of online tools. I know other people do. I don't like them because I they are technology involved, and I don't want to have to deal with going online to to do that. So. Um, I, I have a couple of online tools I use. Obviously, I use a Google Calendar to help me figure out what's going on. I use Slack, which is a, a inter intercommunication system with my team. So I have a obviously I have a team of people that I work with, our publicists and you know different people like that that I am on our team. But they Slack will notify you, and I don't have to check it right away, and I can actually turn it off. Mm-hmm. And then when I turn it back on, all the notifications will come on. Um, otherwise, I use a I use pen and paper. So I have a I just actually developed a planner this year um, because I had used three different planners um, over the course of the last few years. I had this Christian planner that had, you know, like my Bible study notes and things like that in it. And then I had a Barnes and Noble planner that had like my business stuff in it. And then I had a another planner that was a um, your best self company planner that was really good for like planning your 90 days. But I had to lug around these three planners and it wasn't <laughs> fun. So, so I created a planner um, called the Dream, the Dream Keeper and Planner um, for myself and for writers, and and that's been a really big. I, I use it constantly. It's a huge help to me. And we're actually developing. It's kind of a prototype, but we're going to develop something bigger and better for next year. But um, I, for me, I have to see. I have to have it all in one place. So, mm-hmm. so my I have a section for meditation, and that meditation, you know, I was talking about my miracle morning. That that meditation part is integral to how I'm seeing my life kind of plan out. So getting back to making an impact, you know, I'm constantly looking at the cues I'm getting from, you know, the world and from God and from uh, my relationships and saying, okay, what, you know, what kind of person am I and what am I, um, how am I growing? Um, and, and so that bleeds into my right into my productivity. And so then I have a couple pages of what am I going to accomplish? And, you know, for people that have a lot of irons in the fire, like me, I need sort of like a, you know, categories. I need, what am I going to accomplish for my Susan May Warren fiction? What am I going to accomplish for Novel Academy? What am I going to accomplish in my individual life for the week? So I kind of have some goals and in, in those that are all related to a 90 day plan that I do. And then I part them out. So there's, it's kind of a flow chart where at the beginning of every quarter, I sit down and I say, what am I, what am I going to accomplish this month? or I mean this quarter based on who I am and what my vision is and this sort of thing. And then I make, then I lay that out into a three month plan and then I make them, you know, into a 90 day goal plan. And then I kind of separate it out into weeks and, you know, so it's kind of a big layout, but 
but once I do all that, it just takes me about two hours once every three months. Once I do that, I sort of have my daily daily to-do list. And if I just kind of work the plan and show up and do the plan, then suddenly I look back and things get done. <laughs> it's, it's great. That. So. Yeah, yeah, and I I got a copy of your your Dream Keeper Planner, and it's it's awesome. Well, I'll be sure and put a link in the show notes in case anybody's okay. interested in checking that out because it's a it's a beast of a book, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean just in size. Uh, but but it's so comprehensive. There's there's just a lot of tools in there that are very very helpful for what yes. you know whether whether it's somebody who wants to write. I mean, it's obviously designed kind of for people who want to write a book, but uh, you know, there's some value yeah, in that for anything. It, it is. We next year we're going to make it just for um, any projects. So we did mm-hmm. kind of. I kind of designed it with me in mind, you yeah. know. And so it has categories like writing and marketing and um, craft, meaning you know, becoming better as a writer. So it has those categories in it, but um, but it could be for anyone. And I, I I just think that there's a real value in, and it's not just necessarily about my planner. It's just that I put it into a, a system that works for me, but I think in a, it's a, there's a real value in evaluating, mm-hmm. um, quarterly, how you're doing. I actually have a monthly, um, evaluation as well, just to kind of look back every month and there's nothing wrong with evaluation. You just give yourself grace and say, you know what? God loves me no matter what happens. And you know, my people love me, you know, whatever. And you just say, it's, it's okay. I'm, trying to be I'm a better person today than I was yesterday right and so uh, hopefully (laughs) well it's it's sort of like when you drive a car you don't just get behind the wheel and just hit the gas and go you're constantly course correcting you know little little corrections and and it's about being aware of what direction you're going is and so if you don't do those little corrections you'll suddenly find yourself off in a ditch and wondering how you got there and it's yeah. the same thing with you. You've you've created a plan and then you have those times set aside to look and say, all right, how am I doing on the plan? Do I need to adjust the plan? Am I on track? What's How's it going? So there's some real value there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love that. And like I said, I'll put a link in there. You also mentioned in, uh, we traded some emails that you're reading a book that I, that I thought's real interesting. Um, yeah. Because I heard a podcast, uh, uh, in which the author of this book was interviewed. T- tell just real quick really? what that's oh, about. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to find that podcast. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm always reading business books as part of my Miracle Morning and um or related books. They're not necessarily always business. And the one I'm reading right now, which is really good, is called The Road Back to You, um, by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stable, and. It's a really interesting story about, or not story, but book about, um, it's about personality types, but it's different than that. It goes deeper. Mm -hmm. It's about how your past and your personality and how you, your experiences created the person you are today. And it helps you understand why you do different things. And there's, and I'm, I'm only about halfway through it, but it talks a lot about understanding yourself, understanding your, your actions, understanding your motivations, moving towards healing in a lot of ways. Um, and then, and, and then really learning how to, um, utilize those things to understand why you react and maybe react differently. And so becoming sort of a better person by understanding 
your past and your motivations and who you are. It's a really, really interesting book um, that helps me as a writer, but also helps me as a human being. I understand myself better. I'm understanding my husband and my children better. Um, it's really worth the read. I, I'm not big into personality books, but I heard this recommended by a guy named Ray Edwards, who I kind of follow. Uh, he's kind of a Christian entrepreneur guy, and he's he's pretty interesting. Um, so he he recommended it, and so then I picked it up, and I was like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. So I'm going to recommend it to you. Okay. It's called The Road Back to You: An Anagram Journey to Self Discovery. And anagram is simply a the the system that they use to to kind of put together a personality. So well worth the read. Yeah, and and the author was interviewed fairly recently on Eric Fisher's Beyond the To Do List podcast, oh, and he kind of went we through go. the nine personality types real briefly in the course of that podcast. And I thought it was interesting, so that's a book that I'll want to read. Yeah, well, well, Susie, you um, there are so <laughs> there's so many things I'd like to ask you, but I don't want this to be a three hour long episode and you have books to write because I'm waiting for you to have another <laughs> one for me to read. So, so, I mean, obviously you've, you've, uh, you've been, you're pretty aware of what works for you. What doesn't you have systems in place and tools that you use to manage all of that, uh, to stay productive, to kind of stay on top of things. But, uh, even with all of that, do you ever have a day when it all gets away from you or you get stressed out and totally overwhelmed? And if so, what do you do to get back on track? Oh, sure. I absolutely have those days. Like, I don't know, Monday after the terrible loss by the Vikings to the <laughs> Eagles, where I just wanted to curl in a ball and weep. Yeah. Days like that. Oh, no. Yeah, I have those. Um, so so on those days, you know what I do? I give myself grace. I say, mm-hmm. Susie, you are normally a very productive person. You normally get up and you're just right on task and you go, go, go. So I give you a day off. I'm going to give you a mental health day today. And I don't take mental health days very often. Um, like I said, I do I do write in uh, free days um, on Fridays. And so, you know, that could be a mental health day. But in, And I usually I use it as an overflow of work day. But every once in a while I say I'm taking a day off. So, so I did take Monday off to grieve and, um, and go through my dark places. And then, you know, I, because I'm a writer, I say things like, you know what, you get to watch television for six hours because you're going to do research. And so then I did research on, oh, firefighting. And I think I watched the, you know, taken the series and I watched a few episodes of the brave and, you know, I pretty much did nothing all day. I can, I can, but you know what? I, I, I filled up my head with research and came up with ideas. And then I plotted a book on Tuesday, Wednesday and, and get it all done. So there you go. So I, I do feel like sometimes you just got to take a day off. Sometimes I'll take a day off and be like, today is my shopping and spa day. And I go get a pedicure, I get a, a massage. I do some shopping just because we do need to take breaks now and again. And, and if, and you got to schedule those days in. So again, I schedule Fridays as my sort of personal day. It's my overflow day. A lot of times I work on that day. Sometimes I don't. When I work ahead, I don't pile on more work for myself. I say, oh, look, I've worked ahead. I get a day off. Mm-hmm. And then I just schedule that day off. And so it kind of all shuffles in and moves. And I, so like I said, I don't pile in more work. I just sort of move that free day so that I have it. So I would encourage you once you plot your life, you know, plot your time blocks, you've got it all plotted. You've got it all figured out. So if one of those days crashes and you've allowed yourself a free day, you just kind of move everything over into that free day. And if you haven't crashed and you get to that one, 
one of those free days and you go, I don't need a free day. I can work. Then just pull from another day, put stuff in there, and then you've got your free day saved for another time when when life does crash because it will. So that's kind of how I shuffle things around. And again, it's not about a daily to-do list. It's about rhythms and balance and in terms of the bigger picture. So that's kind of how I do it. But yeah, no, I definitely spend some days in uh, in my pajamas, <laughs> in my purple pajamas, weeping over my Vikings who should have won and eating popcorn. <laughs> that, that does happen. Well, everybody <laughs> needs days like that for yeah. For one reason or another. And so I, I love the, you know, that you start out with the idea of just giving yourself some grace and, and, and yep. allowing yourself to have those days and not beat yourself up over them. Yeah. Well, Susie, what is on the horizon for you? What do you have coming up that's interesting and exciting? To you? Yes. Well, I'm uh I'm really, really excited. I'm uh I have a book coming out in May called Stormfront, which is a really fun book. And if no one has ever read a Susan May Warren book before, this is actually a good book to start. It's not necessarily a standalone, but it's in the middle of a series, but it introduces a couple characters that people really don't have to know beforehand to to enjoy the story. So so it's kind of a great place to start. It's about um, what happens when a tornado hits a small town and some kids go missing. A search and rescue team has to come in and find them and the mm-hmm. to- clock is ticking. So that's a really fun one. It comes out in May. And then I have another book coming out in December. That's, um, that is the finale in the series that I'm writing, which is called Montana Rescue, which is, I like to say, is a little bit about like um, Chicago Fire goes to Montana and puts on cowboy boots. So it's a little <laughs> bit fast paced, got, you know, cute heroes and, you know, smart women. And it's just a fun, fun series. And so the finale comes out in December. But in the meantime, this year, I'm really excited. I'm working on a new three book series called... Um, the summer of the burning sky and it's about it's a it's a smoke jumper series set in alaska and it's a really fun series um that the story is about a smoke jump jumping team that goes to alaska to put out a a fire that's near a pipeline and they uh along with the their crew and some other some other firefighters there's a prison crew that's working with them and the prisoners escape and they take one of the smoke jumpers with them so it's a very fast-paced three book series about this prison break and all three of the stories take place at the same time um so it's kind of an anthology and so you get one couple's point of view and then another couple's point of view and then another one's point of view as it all kind of comes to a head and and they don't all they they overlap and extend each story so it's it's a really fun story very very fast-paced but um kind of my signature smoke jumper you know danger epic you know romantic this sort of thing and uh, it's a lot of fun so i'm in, i'm writing i'm enjoying writing that right now and when will i be able to read these well, actually, those are coming out this summer. So oh, believe it or not, even though I'm writing them right now, they are published under my independent um, branch. So I have a traditional line and then I have an independent line. And so that's under what's called um, SDG Publishing. Okay. So that'll come out. I think it comes out end of July. Um, and they're going to come out back to back in like one, two, three um, right away. So it'll be kind of fun for people. So they'll come out this summer and then um, we'll see what next year holds. I'm not sure yet. I have some ideas. I have some plans. But uh, I'm just still, they're still simmering. So oh, okay. just got to wait till this quarter is done and then I can plan the next quarter. <laughs> well, excellent. Well, Susie, where can people connect with you online if they want to find out more about how to get your books or just what else you've got going on? Uh, what's the best way for them to reach you or find you? Well, if you're a reader, um, you probably want to go to SusanMayWarren.com. All my books are there with some excerpts and where to buy and, and get 
freebies and downloads. And if you're interested, actually, I have a newsletter list and I give away a lot of freebies. I give away five books with every newsletter and I give away a lot of uh, fun excerpts and with parties and stuff like that. So it's a good way to connect. If you're an aspiring novelist, I would encourage you to go to learnhowtowriteanovel.com. That's got um, about a thousand articles for free on how to write a novel. And if you're really serious and want to get some training, you can go to novel.academy. And that is where we teach um, people how to write and get published and have careers. So those are where I hang out. Excellent. And I will make sure to have all those links in the show notes. So if if your listener is driving, don't don't wreck your car trying to write all that down. You can find it in the show notes uh, later on. Um, so this has been so great, Susie. Uh, do you have, before we go, I guess I would ask, do you have any last words for the listener who maybe is, is looking for a little help in getting things done and making a life that matters? Do you have any thoughts for her or him? Yeah. Here's my thought that for me has been really profound. We never know when our journey is going to end. So do not live your life by to-do lists. Live your life by every day enjoying what you're doing, whether it's investing in your relationships, investing in your in your passions, um, investing in yourself. Maybe it's taking, you know, taking a walk, whatever. But there's got to be something about every single day that you need to enjoy. And when you get done with your day, say, what am I grateful for today? And I think when we end our days with gratefulness and when we seek um, that joy and to be to find joy in our days, then we can live, we can put our head on the pillow at night and say, today was a good day and tomorrow's going to be a good day. But if I don't wake up, today was a good day. And I really feel like that's an important thing that we start enjoying the journey instead of looking ahead and being like, and when I get there, I'll be happy. Mm. No, be happy today. Yeah. Couldn't end it on a better note. Thank you so much, Susie, for taking the time to talk with me today. You're welcome, Laura. So fun to hang out with you. Thanks for having me. I am so thankful to Susie for taking the time to share her thoughts with us on how she manages her own busy life and for offering some really great suggestions and encouraging words for the rest of us. Be sure to visit her website at susanmaywarren.com for more information about her and her wonderful books. And also check out her planner if you're looking for a way to organize your creative goals. I'll have links to all that in the show notes. But what do you think? Do you have any questions for Susie or for me? Any comments on some of the things that we talked about. I'd love to hear from you. I know Susie would as well. You can share your questions, your comments, your thoughts in the comment section of the show notes at theproductivewoman.com slash 181 and just scroll down there to the comment section. Or you can post a comment or question on the Productive Woman Facebook page or in the, the community Facebook group if you're a member there. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, you can email your questions, comments, or suggestions to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I would love to hear from you about that. Uh, Before we go, just a a quick thank you to FreshBooks, our sponsor, uh, for supporting this episode of of The Productive Woman. FreshBooks is a great accounting software, an online accounting software that I've used for over a year now. They're offering you, as a Productive Woman listener, a free 30-day all-access trial so you can put it through its paces, see how it works, and see if it's the solution you're looking for. Um, Just visit freshbooks.com slash woman to try that out. FreshBooks is really easy to use. I've said this before. I am not a numbers oriented person. Dealing with that piece of business is not my favorite 
favorite part of it, but they make it very easy. When you log in, you're, you're given, uh, you see this dashboard that gives you all the information you need to, to know exactly how your business finances are doing, um, what's outstanding, what uh, expenses have been paid, what, you know, where your money is and what needs to be done with it. And they've streamlined essential business actions like creating, sending, and tracking invoices, tracking your time and expenses, and the transfer of funds that you receive into your bank account. Uh, FreshBooks makes it really simple for your clients or customers to pay you online simply by clicking on a button in the invoice when they receive it, and that helps you get paid quicker. FreshBooks is really just a great tool for managing your business finances. And as I've said, they're offering you a 30-day unrestricted free trial where you can use all the elements of it, all the pieces of it, and see how it works for you. To claim that free trial, just go to freshbooks.com woman and enter the productive woman in the how did you hear about us section. And don't forget also to check out RxBar's offer of 25% off your first order by visiting rxbar.com slash productive and enter productive in the promo code space at checkout. Thank you so much to RxBar and to FreshBooks for supporting The Productive Woman. And that's it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me and with Susie. I hope you enjoyed listening to Susie as much as I enjoyed the conversation. And I hope you found something in this episode that's really helpful to you. I'd love to hear from you about that. And I do look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.